Be delighted this holiday season at Ice and Lights, the winter village at Cameron Run. Just minutes from Old Town Alexandria. Stroll through the park and enjoy winter photo ops, light displays, hot chocolate, and a warm treat. The winter village offers playtime for the entire family. Extend the magic of the holidays by visiting early, starting November 17th. Get your tickets now at CameronIceandLights.com. That's CameronIceandLights.com. Diwali, the Festival of Lights, is a vibrant and colorful celebration that marks the victory of light over darkness and good over evil. We invite you to celebrate Diwali with a drive through two and a half miles of sparkling lights at the Bull Run Festival of Lights in Centerville, Virginia. The Bull Run Festival of Lights is open November 10th through January 7th. Save time and money by purchasing a ticket online at bullrunfestivaloflights.com. That's bullrunfestivaloflights.com. You're about to experience a life-giving message from Bishop Kevin Foreman, the people's bishop and pastor of Harvest Church. We exist to lead people to totally love God, love people, and love life as one church in global locations. Find out more on our website at www.harvestchurch.church or get our app by texting the word HARVEST to the number 877-552-4746. Your faithful giving is how we continue to bring life-giving messages like these to you. So bless what blesses you in our app or online at www.harvestchurch.church forward slash give. Now here's today's life-giving message. This is my best year yet. To the word I'm about to hear, I believe, I obey, I manifest, and that settles it in Jesus' name. Amen. So God, we tell you that we are open and we are ready, sir. Help us tonight. Speak life to us tonight. Don't let us leave online or on campus the same way we came in. Father, let your anointing be present. What is that? It's when you add your super to our natural. Let your anointing be present. Let it break yokes. What are yokes? They are connections to things that we don't need to be connected to. Let your anointing break yokes tonight. Let your anointing rearrange our brain tonight. Let your anointing transform our lives tonight. Don't let us leave the same. And for that, we say thank you in Jesus' name. Wednesday, can I hear you put one more big praise in this atmosphere? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Yay. Glory to God. Listen, let's go to work. Let's go to work. Our new series that we started on Sunday is called The Sequel because our God is the God of sequels. He is always wanting your next to be better than your previous. So all throughout this month, I'm going to have you confessing that and releasing that because you've got to let God know that you're in agreement with him. Y'all better hear me. You've got to let the Lord know that you are open to what it is that he's trying to do in your life. And you're not trying to hold on to what was so you miss what he's doing. So let's practice. Come on, say, say, my next will be better than my previous. Come on, let's add this. Say, my next will be better than my present. I'm going to tell somebody, your Thursday's looking real amazing. Your Friday's looking real incredible. Your Saturday is looking real supernatural. Why? Because God is always wanting your next to be better than your previous. Why? 2 Corinthians 3.18 says this, we all, which means this is happening to every single believer 
in Jesus with unveiled face beholding the glory of the Lord are being transformed now here's what I like about unveil because what this means is that there's some things that God is letting you see about him and some things God is letting you see about people and some things God is letting you see about yourself watch me and he's removing the veil what does that mean you're getting to see what it really is can I help some of you all unless you had gone through some of what you went through you never would have saw who they really were Unless you've gone through some of the challenges that you've gone through, you never would have seen who you really were. Unless you've gone through some of what you've gone through, you never would have seen who God really is. In other words, what is the veil? It's something that's covering me from seeing it like it really is. I love the Lord because God says, if you'll be real, you'll be able to heal. I want you to be able to have an experience in life, whereas you are not trying to look through a veil, but you are seeing beyond the veil. Matter of fact, there is no veil, so you can see what it really is, so you can make it what you desire for it to be you cannot change something if you don't know what it really is in the first place you cannot do something fresh and new if you do not know that it's already a certain way in the first place he says we all with unveiled face beholding the glory of the lord are being transformed somebody say it's already happening Notice the Bible doesn't say that we have been transformed as if it's a past tense occurrence, as if it's something that happens once and then it's done. No, this is a perpetual daily lifestyle, which means I need you to get comfortable being uncomfortable every single day of your life. Stop fighting to be who you were. Matter of fact, stop fighting and saying, well, I just don't feel like I know who I am anymore. Can I tell you? That's the whole idea. The whole idea is that you do not recognize who you were because you are constantly being transformed which means who I am today is better than who I was yesterday. My March me is going to be better than my February me. My April me is going to be better than my March me. My May me is going to be better than my April me. Why? I am being transformed. Here it goes. And I may not be where I want to be, but I can show enough, thank God, that I'm not where I used to be. I'm being transformed. Last night in the message preview, I talked to you about how the life cycle of a butterfly illustrates this principle because in stage one of a butterfly's life, it's as small as a sesame seed on a sesame seed bun. It looks nothing like what it's going to become. Listen to me. For some of you, you can't even visualize where it is that you are headed. That's why the Bible says, eye hasn't seen, ear hasn't heard. Neither has it entered into the heart of man the things that God has prepared for you and I. Why? Because it's difficult to even imagine yourself doing some of the things that you're speaking because the way you are now doesn't match what you're transforming into. See, for some of you, you can't even imagine yourself debt-free because you have so many bills. But I need you to call things that be not as though they... Come on, open your mouth and say, but I am debt-free. Uh, and notice what the Bible says, call things that be not as though they were, which means I'm not lying, I'm prophesying. I know it's difficult for you to even imagine your family saved, but I need you to be able to look at all of them crazy ninjas and say, but this whole household shall be saved. Why? Because life and death are in the power of my tongue, and he made it clear that it's his will that all men might be saved. Stage one, it's as small as a sesame seed on a sesame seed bun. Stage two, it grows to 100 times its size. Pay attention. Stage two looks nothing like stage one. Stage one, it is not moving. In fact, it is, watch me, it doesn't have the capacity to move. It doesn't have the ability to move because in stage one, it has no legs. In stage one, it has no wings. In stage one, it has no antenna. In stage one, it doesn't have a mouth to eat. Watch me, the butterfly has to eat itself out of the seed that it is. 
Stage two, it grows to 100 times its size. And this is what we get when we see the caterpillar, right? And so you see a caterpillar. Caterpillar, it's crawling on the ground. It's crawling in dirt. It's crawling in fecal matter. It's crawling in uh, urine. It's crawling in things on the ground, which means even though it grew, it's still in the gutter. There's some of you all, watch me, that even though you've made great progress, there are certain areas that still feel like you're in the gutter. But can I make it very clear to you? Even though it feels like you're in the gutter, watch me, I need you to pay attention to the verse. You are being transformed, which means my present is not my permanent. My present is not my permanent. That deserves a worship right there. Because some of y'all are like, I'm better, I'm growing, but I still feel like I'm in a gutter. Listen to me. This is not permanent. So watch me. So on stage two, it is literally crawling on the ground, but it's a hundred times its size. And in stage three, say it's being transformed. In stage three, it's nothing like what it was. In stage three, now it is in a chrysalis known as a cocoon. And it either is buried underground or it is uh, uh, placed behind the leaf. And it remains there as short as two weeks, as long as two years. Here it is, predicated upon how big it's going to be. The longer it's underground, the bigger it's going to be. This is not for everybody. But for those of us where you felt like you've been on a prolonged delay. I'll talk to myself. For those of us that feel like certain areas of your life. You have been on a prolonged delay. Like you are old tape player and God puts pause on your life. Can I tell you what that indicates to you? When you come into stage four, you ain't going to be no little small butterfly. No, you're going to be what they refer to as the monarch butterfly. That thing is so big, it's the king of butterflies. I need you to elbow somebody next to you and say, I'm glad you got delayed. Say that means your sequel is going to be sizable. Y'all not saying nothing to me. Come on, tell them. Say, I'm so glad it took long. Say, your sequel is going to blow your mind. Huge. Overwhelming. Incomparable. It literally is placed in a forced delay as part of its transformation process. And it can't go anywhere but because something is happening on the inside. When he doesn't let you do things externally, it is because he is doing something internally. And if you get so focused on what you cannot do externally, you will miss where the sequel begins because the sequel begins in you. In stage three, what is that butterfly getting? It is getting things it didn't need in stage two. See, in stage two, it crawled on the ground. In stage two, it walked through fecal matter. In stage two, it could only go up to 30 inches an hour. In stage two, watch me, it didn't move that fast. In stage two, it risked being stepped on. In stage two, watch me, uh, it, it, its transportation method is different. But, but, but in stage three, what happens? Internally, the butterfly begins to go through what's called an evolution process. One year, I taught about it extensively. Because in stage three, it begins to develop things it didn't have in stage two or in stage one. Can I tell you? Your delay was designed for you to develop some things that you didn't need in your previous but you're going to need in your you didn't need to know how to balance a budget of millions in your previous 
but you needed to learn how to balance a seven-figure budget for your... I don't hear nobody saying nothing right there. So what's happening? It's developing wings. Well, it didn't need wings in stage two. Why? Because in stage two, it crawled. You don't need wings to crawl. In stage, watch me, in stage two, it did not have the ability to fly. It did not need to fly TikTok. It did not uh, need uh, to be able to sense the wind so that it could catch the right wind so it'd be able to fly because it crawled. But then in stage four, something amazing happens. Why? It is being transformed. Look, look at me. Say, I am being transformed. The greatest sequel isn't happening around you. It's happening in you. Because in stage four, and I love four because four is the biblical number of creativity. In stage four, all of a sudden, the butterfly, watch me, it busts out of a cocoon, listen closely, with a struggle. Now, some of you, you keep saying, why am I dealing with certain struggles if I'm being transformed? It's not an indication you've gone backwards. It's an indication you're going forward. Why? Because the Bible verse says that we are being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to the next degree of glory, which means every day I'm going up a degree, which means I'm getting hotter day by day. Y'all remember that game we used to play where you got close to something and they say you're hot, you're hot, you're hot, and when you got far away from it, they say you're cold, you're cold, you're cold. I need you to prophesy to somebody say you're hot now. Come on, online, I need you to type it in the building. I need you to say it. Baby, you are so hot right now. You are literally on the thing you prayed for. You're about to see it. You're about to possess it. Listen, 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 listen. In stage four, it comes out of the cocoon. As short as two weeks, as long as two years. Predicated upon how big it's going to be. And it only comes out with a struggle. Look at me, look at me, look at me, look at me. Everybody where you have an area where you feel like this thing here is a struggle. What is a struggle? Prolonged pain. Another word for struggle is affliction. It comes out of the cocoon with a struggle. Prolonged pain. Affliction. This is how it comes out. Why? Because it's going to need the strength. To be able to fly over what it used to have to walk through. And for everybody under the sound of my voice, that's just fancy church talk for everybody watching and everybody listening right now. Watch me. Your present struggle is not punishment. Your present struggle is not punishment. Your present struggles are preparation. Because you're about to go from being, watch me, where you crawl on the ground to now you're about to fly through the air. Let me see if I can say it another way. You're not just changing levels, you're changing dimensions. Y'all not going to talk. Which means for some of you all, watch me, your name's about to be brought up and it's about to be a whole nother sphere for you. A whole nother career for you. A whole nother atmosphere. For some of you, you're about to switch cities. For some of you, you're about to switch occupations. For And nothing that you've been through is going to be wasted. It wasn't about where you were. It was about your sequel. You are being transformed. Say, I'm being transformed. 
into the same image. What image is this? This is the image of God, which means everything that I go through, it is designed to make me more like God. Have you noticed that there's certain things that used to tick you off? And now you're like, mm, I'm good. Certain people that used to rub you every kind of wrong way. And now you're so unbothered. You let them have a little attitude by themselves. Y'all not saying that right now. He says, we are being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to the next degree of glory. And what is his glory? His glory is his goodness, which means, pay attention, the sequel that I'm experiencing is showing me his goodness. It's showing me him on a whole nother level. Uh, watch me. And it begins in me before it happens around me. Because go back to the butterfly. In stage three, all of that's happening internal. Look at me. Nobody sees the progress. I'm going to set that right there. Nobody sees the progress. Look at me. Not even the butterfly. See, for many of y'all, you don't feel like you're progressing. And this is why you should never trust your feelings because your feelings are never based on facts. They're based on perception. See, you don't feel like you're getting better, but you're getting better. You don't feel like you're getting wiser, but you're getting wiser. You don't feel like you're more spiritual, but you're becoming more spiritual. Can you just make this declaration and say, I am being transformed. So watch me. Sunday's message was called Affliction Accelerates You. This feels good to me because affliction has unintended, pay attention, transforming benefits for Christians. Say unintended, transforming benefits for me. Now, what is this? Exodus 1.12. X, X out of Exodus, the journey out of. The book of Exodus chronicles the journey of the children of Israel out of Egyptian bondage for 430 years. And here's what the Bible says. In Exodus chapter 1, it explains to us how they got into this Egyptian bondage. A new Pharaoh arises, and the Bible says this new Pharaoh does not know Joseph, nor does he respect the Hebrews. In fact, this new Pharaoh, he is afraid of the Hebrews. He looks at them and says, if they ever figure out who they are and join forces with our enemies, they're going to take us down. Can I let some of you all know the real issue is not that you should be afraid of what's against you, but what's against you is afraid of you. This is why they run their mouth, watch me, to everybody but you. This is why they say what they have to say, but they never say it to you. This is why you have been so opposed in your life. It's because you are a threat and you do not even know it yet. Can I get you to elbow somebody next to you and say you're a whole threat? You're a whole threat. You are a threat to lazy, sloppy, trifling people who don't want to do anything. You are a threat to the curses in your bloodline. You are a threat to death. You are a threat to the stereotype that they try to label who you are. Open your mouth, please, and shout, I'm a threat, and I'm glad about it. The Bible says, but the more they afflicted, say your name. Now notice. Pay attention. It didn't say the more they prayed for them, the more they, they, they favored them. It didn't say the more they encouraged them. It didn't say the more they supported them. See, all of the things you want keep you from what you want. Because the Bible says the more they afflicted, what happened? The more they multiplied and grew. It didn't say the more that they had people support them. It doesn't say the more that they had people to help them out. 
See, all of the things you're asking for aren't getting you where you want to go. Because to get to where you want to go, it requires affliction. To multiply and grow means to accelerate and increase the speed up. So when God wants to get you to your next degree of glory faster, what does he do? He allows affliction. I'll say it again. When God says this is taking too long, he will allow affliction to get you there faster. Why did he not allow affliction prior to that point? Why? Because God says it's not time for them to be released yet. But when it's time for them to get ready for their sequel, I'm going to allow affliction because it's going to accelerate them. Pay attention. What does it mean to afflict? It's a problem that causes pain or suffering. Suffering is prolonged pain. It's a strike. It means you take a hit. It's trouble. It means to harass. It's always bothering you. It's always messing with you. It's always starting something with you. To knock about, humiliate, and to weaken. Is there anybody on campus or online where you've dealt with at least one of those things in the last 12 months of your life? If you ain't dealt with, watch me. If you're not afflicted, you're not a threat. If you're not afflicted, you're not gifted. Can I say it another way? If you're not afflicted, the enemy didn't even bother starting that with you because you must be on his team. I need you to rejoice. Watch me. Not because the affliction is over, but because the affliction is proof that you must be doing something right. So look. We learned on Sunday that affliction accelerates you a few ways. Let me teach you. Number one, educationally. The Bible says that they built Pharaoh's cities. They learned how to advance under pressure because Pharaoh would not be the last enemy that they faced. And for many of you, watch me, what you're currently dealing with is preparation because you're going to have to deal with something bigger. Um, anybody used to play video games or still plays video games or likes video games? All right, check this out. Here's the deal. Um, the enemy on level one is not the worst enemy. You go through all them stages to get to, I used to love Mortal Kombat. I used to love, not this new thing. I don't know about this. I'm talking about old school Mortal Kombat with raid, da 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 you know, all that. I like that. Like, so you would play all of these rounds to get to the end, and then you get to the boss, and when you get to the boss, you fight the boss, and then it'd be like, great. And then you know what it do? Next level. Next degree. See, Pharaoh wasn't even their biggest enemy because Pharaoh simply represented what they needed to deal with at this degree of glory because watch me, once you get to the promised land, you're not going to deal with a king, singular Pharaoh. You're going to deal with multiple kings that you're going to have to take down. So if you can't handle this one, you're certainly going to crush under the other one. Say, I accelerated educationally. I, then the second way that you accelerate it is numerically. Affliction accelerates you numerically. The Bible says that the Hebrews went into Egypt as 70 persons. 430 years later, it's 600,000 men plus women plus kids, which means anytime I am afflicted, I am actually growing numerically. Pay attention. You have grown numerically. What does that mean? If you count up your life, and if you count up what you have, what you've done, what you've experienced, you have more now than you did this time last year. Okay, y'all ain't going to say nothing to me. I don't know by your praise if you can say, Bishop, I ain't even got to think that long. I can count and see for myself that I'm doing better today than I was 12 months ago, 24 months ago, 
36 months ago. Why? Affliction accelerates me numerically. Third way, affliction accelerates you emotionally. Now think about this. Um, and they're, as they're on their way out of Egypt, they have to go through 10 plagues. God sends Moses, whose Hebrew name is Moshe, which means to draw out. Why? Because he was drawn out of the Nile, but he would also draw his people out of 430 years of bondage. Your name is a prophecy. This is why I always teach you to know what your name means. Why? Because every time somebody says your name, they're prophesying your purpose. I'll say it again. Every time somebody says your name, they're prophesying your purpose. And so his name, literally, every time they said Moses, Moses, every time they said a man's name, they were prophesying, you're going to draw us out. You're going to draw us out. Why, 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 did, why did that need to be said? Because Moses struggled with insecurity. So watch me. God had to make sure that he was named something that would secure him, even in the moments he felt insecure. So Moses is sent back. 40 years he spends in Egypt. 40 years he goes and he spends on the backside of the desert. He deals with sheep in the wilderness. And then 40 years, God sends him back to deal with the children of Israel, to pull them out with the objective of taking them into the promised land. To get there, they have to go through 10 plagues. Somebody say 10 plagues. All right. These 10 plagues, the Bible says um, they had to go through because every time Moses would ask Pharaoh to let the people go, the Bible says God would harden Pharaoh's heart. Now, that's a whole revelation because God was behind the affliction. God was behind the no. Can I help some of you understand why your prayer didn't change the answer? It's because you cannot pray against God. You cannot rebuke God. You cannot stop God. And here's the trip. God said, go ask him. Then God jumps on the other side and said, tell him no. See, for some of y'all, what you're about to do is so amazing. God needs to make sure you're not scared of no's. Oh, my God. What you're about to do is about to be so groundbreaking. God needs you not to be afraid of no's. He needs your emotional capacity to grow up to the place where you don't have a fear of rejection, where you do not have a fear of abandonment, where if they say no, you can say, well, that's all right. You're not the only way I can get this done. No just means not this way, but I need you to open up your mouth and say, but there's another way. For most people, the reason they struggle emotionally is because they're afraid of no. And they're afraid of rejection. And they're afraid of abandonment. They're afraid of feeling unproductive. They're afraid, they have something called a telephobia, which is the feeling of not being good enough. So why does he let them go through 10 plagues? So he could accelerate them emotionally. Why? For 430 years, your mind has been conditioned to think you don't deserve nothing, to think you're not worth nothing, to think that you're trash, to think that you deserve every bad thing that happens to you, to think that you're only good for building bricks. Let me see if I can send it right. To think you're only good for laying on your back. Y'all ain't gonna talk, so I'm gonna preach hard. To think that you only screw up and you'd use another word before up. For 430 years, they were conditioned to believing this. So what did God do? He allowed affliction. Y'all please catch this. He allowed affliction to accelerate them emotionally so that when they came out of Egypt, Egypt was also out of them. 
Because some of y'all, it won't matter if you change environments and you the same you. That's why the sequel has to begin in you before it begins around you. Because even if you move, baby, you still got to go with yourself. And if you're the same you, you'll turn something new into you. So he allows them to go through 10 plagues. No, 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 no. Because on that 10th time, God did something new. Say the sequel was here. He said, y'all are ready now emotionally. He said, because you're not afraid of another no. You're not afraid of rejection. You're not afraid if somebody walks away from you. See, can I tell you the most dangerous person is a person that discovers that if God be for them, who would dare be against them? See, I know you may feel like, why my family don't support me? Why so-and-so don't support me? Baby, you don't need their support. I need you to elbow somebody and just say, if God be for you, who would dare be against you? Wrong person. I need you to talk to somebody else. And when you say that, they're going to put a praise behind it to seal it. Fist bump on my elbow and say, if God be for you, who would dare be against you? Because hey. they had nobody else but God. Pharaoh was against them. The Egyptians were against them. The only thing they had was God. And I'm here to tell somebody <laughs> that the thing you got going for you is God. It's not your education. It's not your pedigree. It's not your social media following. The best thing you got going for you is God. So what does the Bible say? The Bible says God sets them up for their sequel. Because that last plague it was that the firstborn sons of the Egyptians that they would pass, they would die. The only place where death couldn't come is where the blood of a lamb was applied at the doorpost. The Hebrews applied the blood of a lamb at their doorposts. Watch me. So it couldn't touch them. I need you to open your mouth and say, the blood covers me. This is why Corona came for you, but she couldn't take you out of here. This is why car accidents came for you and you walked away and looked at the pictures and said, how did I survive? This is why situations that took other people out, they set you up. Why? You're covered by the blood. And since you still have a post Wednesday, that means God still has a plan. So the Egyptians, the Egyptians, the firstborn sons and the firstborn of their cattle, when the death angel comes, they go. And Pharaoh calls them by night. This is the Passover. Um, the Passover. She having church out there by herself. <laughs> look, look at me. Listen, listen, listen. The, the Passover. This is the night of the Passover. The Bible says by night Pharaoh calls them in. And he says, hey, 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 hey. You've been asking me. And I've kept telling you no. But this time, watch me. Say spring feast. It's the season you're in. What are the spring feasts? There are seven major feasts. We're in the spring feast. Passover is the beginning. Uh, these seven major feasts are appointed times. Pay attention. It was appointed when they were going to come out of Egypt. And the Bible says it would be not a day longer than 430 years. And watch me. God waited until the last minute on the last day to do it. I need some of y'all to hear me. I know because he didn't do it on your timetable. You're like, it ain't going to happen. Shut your face up today. Why? Because he waits to the last minute. 
to do what he's going to do. Why? So that way you can say, this was nobody but God. I, I can't take the credit. It's not because of how sophisticated your proposal was. It's because God put something on your name that made them favorite. He waited to the last minute on the last day and he sends them out. This was the Passover and they go out so fast that the bread could not rise. So it produces what's called a feast of unleavened bread. The Passover, the death angel passed over their homes. A feast of unleavened bread, they had to exit Egypt so fast the bread could not rise. And then later the feast of first fruits and then uh, the day of Pentecost, which we'll talk about later. Pay attention. Uh, on that Passover, somebody say during the spring feast. Uh, that's a holy convocation. It's a meeting that God sets. God says, uh, he says, okay, Pharaoh, all right, you had enough? He said, all right, uh, uh, he calls for Moses and Aaron. I need you to make this declaration. Say, I'm being sent for. Uh-uh. I, I need you to say that thing like you're about to get called into a meeting tomorrow and it's going to be a promotion. Come on. Open your mouth and say, I'll be sent for. Every other time, they had to go to Pharaoh. This time, Pharaoh came to them. During the spring feast, pay attention, what you desire, you're not going to have to go get. What you desire during the feast, it comes to you. This ain't for everybody. This is just for those of us that got faith to believe the Bible. I just need you to put your hands out, and I need you to just pull it in like you're pulling in everything. Come on, Wednesday, like you're pulling in everything. Like you're pulling in everything, like you're pulling in everything that God has ordained for your life. Pharaoh called for him. Say your first and last name. Uh-uh, say it with authority. I need you to say your name with authority. Because you're about to meet with authority. Say your name with authority. One, two, three. That name is about to be called for. Pharaoh summons Moses and Aaron. And he says, hey, 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 get out. Go, get your stuff, get your stuff, and get out. And matter of fact, take all, take what, look at me, take whatever you want. Just get out of here. In other words, during the spring feast, your nose turned into goes. I prophesied to about 20 of y'all on campus and online. You've had some no's in the first three months of this year. Watch me. You're about to watch that no become a gold in the month of April. In the month of April, what was a shutdown situation? It's about to be a go. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. You ready? But they had to be ready emotionally. Because what if they would have said, but wait a minute, we're going to leave all our stuff? This is all we know. This is all we're used to. Wait a minute. Let's just go talk it over with Pharaoh first. Let's see if we can negotiate. See, for some of you, you pray for certain things, and then when you get it, because you're not emotionally prepared for it, you will then pray against what you prayed for. And when you respond with doubt, you'll make heaven take it back. Y'all didn't say nothing right there. When you respond with doubt, like, why pray for it? Then get it, and then be like, well, hold up. I ain't really ready for all of that. Why ask to be a seven-figure earner? And then they say, send us a seven-figure proposal. And you're like, I ain't done nothing at that level before. If you don't shut your mouth and figure it out, I need you to prophesy to your sex and say, you got this, you got this, you. 
on whatever platform you're on, I need you to type that in the chat. You got this. I, I know you ain't never done it before, but you've got this. There are three fall feasts. There are four spring feasts. And they all represent sudden, fast, forward movement. This is where you're at. Sudden, fast, forward movement. I'll say it again. Sudden, fast, forward movement. Uh-uh, uh-uh. Just, just, you said, Bishop, you got us talking a lot. Life and death in the power of your tongue. And for some of y'all, watch me. I need you to come out of April. And when you come out of April, you're like, God. Uh, if he did all of this in one month, just imagine what he's going to do the rest of the year. Come on, speak this over your life. Say, son, fast, forward, movement. What's sudden? Unexpected. What's fast? Quick. What's forward? This is not a lateral move. This is not a backward move. This is a forward move. Movement means, watch me, you're finally about to see some results. That butterfly sat in stage three and saw nothing until it, watch me, until it hits the spring. I, I'll talk to those of you all. That butterfly sees nothing. You don't see butterflies that often in the winter, no. Because mm -mm. watch me, because watch me, when it hits the right season, when it hits the right season, I need you to prophesy, say, I'm in my season right now. Say sudden, fast, forward, movement. It sees nothing in stage three. And then when it gets to stage four, it can sense the shift in the atmosphere. This is why I have you to worship so much. Why? So that you can shift the atmosphere. Why? So that everything about your life can sense that I'm in my sequel. I'm not in my past. I'm not in my previous. Can I get you to worship God like you're already in your sequel? Go. In my sequel. Sequel in your finances. Sequel in your prayer life. Sequel in your spirituality. Sequel in your sequel. In your sequel. In your sequel. Say it. Say, I'm in my sequel. Here's the next way. <laughs> you ready? Affliction accelerates you financially. Financially. Pay attention. Exodus 12, 35. And the people of Israel, so this is at the Passover, as they are coming out in the spring feast. We are in the season of the? Come on. Y'all looking confused. It's real simple. We're in the season of the? All right, here we go. Look, look, look. So the people of Israel did as Bishop had instructed. They asked the Egyptians for clothing and articles of silver and gold. And the Lord caused the Egyptians to look favorably on the Israelites. And they gave the Israelites whatever they asked for. Okay. Okay. See, some of you, you're scared to ask because you're so used to these no's. This is what we had to do with your emotions first. So you're not scared of a no, you're going to ask anyhow. You're not afraid of rejection, you're going to do it anyhow. You're not afraid of somebody saying, well, I'm not going to be there to help you. Baby, bye, I'll get another. Thanks for, matter of fact, can you let me know sooner than later so I can get somebody else to sit in the seat? Y'all hear what I'm saying? And the people did as Moses had instructed. They asked who the Egyptians, these are the same Egyptians that can't stand them. 
Same Egyptians that don't like them. Same Egyptians that, 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 that think they are less than, uh, that the Hebrews are less than them. These are the same Egyptians. And the Lord says, go ask who hates you. For what they would have never given you before. But I'm about to make them give it to you. During the spring feast. You're about to get some callbacks. For some people that were determined to never do anything to help you. He's about to make them look favorably. I did this analogy on Sunday. I want to do it again. Come here. To look favorably means, pay attention, it means what? Look that direction. You looking that way. Here's what God does during the spring feast. God makes even those that are determined to hate you, those that want to see you fail, those that want to see you fall. He makes them turn their head and look. And when they look, they got to look favorably with you. Which means you ain't going to see me how you saw me before. Before you saw me as some weak somebody. But now you see that the hand of the Lord is upon me. I need you to touch your neighbor's shoulder and say the hand of the Lord is upon you. Come on Facebook, come on YouTube. The hand of the Lord. Back then they didn't want you. But you're about to be hot. Why? Degree of glory to degree of glory to degree. You ready? So what happens? The Bible says, you ready? The Bible says that they got whatever they asked for. So we're going to pray at the end tonight. And whatever you ask for. I can read, write, and do arithmetic, so it's pretty simple to me. If you ask for it, God says, I'm going to make them look at you favorably. You ready? Then affliction accelerates you spiritually. In Exodus 12, 31, Pharaoh sent for Moses. See, I told you that, but now you're reading it. Say, I'll be sent for. And Aaron during the night. Um, night night's interesting because night... Night means that the business office of the Egyptian kingdom was closed. Night means that none of his advisors were there. Night means that he just had the night staff on. So he just had the, the butlers and the, and the house staff. He, none, none of his military staff was there. None of, none of his high-level generals were there. He, he brought him, watch me, and the shields were down. Let me, let me talk over here. For some of you, there are things you felt like you couldn't reach, you couldn't access, you couldn't get to. Everybody else could do it but you because of your background, because of your history, because of where you grew up, because of your race, because of your sex. Y'all not saying nothing to me right there. But during the spring feast, God says, I'm going to disarm. And what you thought was inaccessible, I'm about to put you in the room with it. Oh my God. What you thought was inaccessible, I'm about to put you. Can I just get some of y'all to stand up real fast? Why? Because I'm in the room now. I'm in the room now. I'm in the room now. I'm in the room. 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 I'm in the what I thought was inaccessible. I'm in the room with. And when does it happen? During the spring feast. What season are we in? The spring feast. 
You be seated. We got to go. Oh, my God. Let's go. Let's go. He said, get out. He ordered, leave my people and take the rest of the Israelites with you. Go and worship the Lord as you have requested. Look at me. What would have happened had they changed the request because of the resistance? Most of us, let's just keep it 100. That is a, let me translate. That means be very honest, everyone. Be honest, guys. Ready? Most of us, when we hit resistance, we modify the request to match what we think is possible because the resistance has wore us down to make us think that what we desired was too much. So you stop praying for you like, I guess God ain't going to do it, so I'll take this. I thought he took you from degree of glory to degree of glory in the positive, not degree of glory to degree of glory in the negative. There's certain things you stop praying for. He's like, well, I guess he ain't going to do it. I guess it's not going to happen. Prophesy. Say, but it, it is getting ready, ready. To, happen to happen for me. Come on, say, it's getting ready to happen for me. I just need that to bubble up and you say, and it's getting ready to happen. Make it personal. Say, for me. Look, look, look. Because their request, their request began to shift up front. They just said, let us go, let us go, let us go. But then something began to happen. They said, well, no, 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 don't just let us go. We got to worship. See, it doesn't matter if you accelerate financially, if you accelerate educationally, if you accelerate uh, 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 emotionally. It doesn't matter however you accelerate if you do not accelerate spiritually. Look at me. Your spirituality is the best thing you have going for you. Stop thinking, well, I'm really educated in the, sp in the finance space. Uh, and... There's billions that are better than you, that could run circles around you. But let me tell you why you're going to win, because you're spiritual. Can I set some of y'all free? You keep saying, well, so-and-so no more, and so-and-so do more, and so-and-so got this, and so-and-so was born here, and so-and-so this, and so-and-so got this, and I, have, I got the hand, so-and-so. You didn't need none of that, because you're spiritual. They needed a handout because they couldn't have made it without him. But you are so spiritual. You can take nothing and turn it into something. They said, worship, go and worship the Lord as you've requested. So, so this message is called how to handle affliction. How to handle affliction. There's only two sets of verses left because I want to teach you how to handle that. Because it's amazing that you accelerate. Isn't that amazing that you accelerate financially, educationally? spiritually, emotionally, numerically, but how do you deal with it while you're in it? Because sometimes it'll send you into a dark place. Yeah, it's dark in here. It'll send you into a dark place and you'll start reaching for stuff. How do you spell relief when you're in the midst of affliction? See, for some, 
You just reach for that good old crown. Y'all not going to say nothing. And you drink it away. Not realizing to, to drink it away means, watch me, you're taking something that's a depressant, trying to make something better. I'm not judging you. I'm just trying to help you to stop reaching for the wrong thing. But watch me. For some of you, watch me, you get caught up with social media. And so now you're looking at everybody else's life instead of working on yours. I need you to lean over on somebody and say, it's time to build your life. It's time, it's time for you to stop seeing the real housewives and start owning you some houses. Y'all not saying that. Maybe, 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 maybe you sleep it away. That's what you do. You sleep it away. But the problem is that if you sleep it away, then you're never woke to do anything that you need to do for your life. And for some of you, you've slept too much time and you've wasted too much time. I'm going to tell you, wake up. Would you elbow somebody next to you and say, get up, get up, get up. Oh, I know what you do. I know what you do. You eat it away. That's what you do. When you're dealing with affliction, you eat and eat and eat and eat and eat and eat and eat some more. And I know what some of y'all do. You don't eat nothing. You become an anorexic when you're dealing with affliction. You throw it up. Oh, it got real right there. Because you're reaching for something. See, I, I'm reaching for a first aid kit. And, and I'm reaching for something to try to help me. Oh, I know what you, oh, 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 I know what you do. You turn them lights out. And when you turn them lights out and have these good night kisses. Huh? You start reaching for people you know don't mean you no good. But them 15 minutes give you some sense of satisfaction. Y'all not going to say nothing? Oh, I know what you do. You run. That's what you do. Every time something gets difficult, you run. I'm quitting the job. I'm quitting the church. I'm quitting this. I'm quitting you. I rebuke your running spirit. Oh, I know what you do. You, you lock yourself away. You shut down. You're closed. Nobody's, how did you get here? Nobody's supposed to be here. You shut down. The problem is none of those things are actually solving the problem. And then sometimes all of these things, they're just band-aids. They just, they just cover it up. They don't fix anything. They just cover up what's broken. But what if I told you, watch me, that God says during the spring feast, the reason I've been having you get so real is because I want to do so much to heal. In other words, I don't just want to deal with the fruit. I want to deal with the root issues of your life. And for some of y'all, this is why you've been going through certain things where God is digging up the roots. Why? Because he says this time you're not going to handle it the way you did. In your sequel, you're not going to handle it the way you did in your present. Or your, if you believe that, worship God right there for five seconds. Go five, four, three. Come on, YouTube. Come on, Facebook. Come on. Somebody say my sequel will be amazing. Power of Christ compels you. <laughs> Power of Christ compels you. <laughs> you are not going to handle your affliction unless this is real to you. We shout that it's real, we dance that it's real. But when we're in affliction, we reach for all of this stuff. Oh, you medicate. 
Oh, you, you, you're taking stuff just to sleep. You're, you're taking stuff just to make it through the day. And I'm not saying this to beat anybody up or to beat anybody down. But I'm just saying either this is real or it's not. And I'm a witness that it is. The power of Christ compels you. I need you to lean over on somebody next to you and say, the power of Christ compels you. Because as long as you keep reaching for that, you are never going to find your way out of this. As long as you keep reaching for this stuff, you are never going to find your way out of this dark place. But can I get you to prophesy to somebody out of, next to you and on chat, can I get you to prophesy? Say, but you're about to come out. Come on. <laughs> you're coming out of every dark place. You're coming out of every scary place. You're coming out of every negative place. You're coming out of every depressed place. You're coming out of every place of anxiety. You're coming out of every place where the affliction has been wearing you down. Open your mouth and shout, my sequel looks amazing. Say it again. Say, my sequel looks amazing. Psalm 23, 5. So here it is. You prepare a table before me in the presence of, look at that definition, of my affliction. If I'm stuck in there with that stuff, that means I'm not sitting at the table he's prepared. Which means you're missing from a party that's set up for you. And for some of you, you're missing life because you're stuck up in that. You're caught up in that. You're caught up in this dark place. This is a tomb. This is where dead things go. You don't belong here. I need you to speak life over your life. Say, I don't belong in a tomb. I've got too much living to do. He says, he prepares a table before me in the presence. One of the definitions of enemies is affliction. In the presence of my pain, of my suffering, of being knocked about, of being harassed, of being strike, or be, uh, having a strike, taking a blow. In the presence of all of that, God says, I set a table for you. Now, what are we supposed to do at that table? I'm trying to teach you how to handle affliction. Say, what am I supposed to do at the table? You don't just sit there. You eat. Because somebody said, would you eat? In the South, it's very rude. And this is why. There's an unintended consequence there. I remember one time I went back to Memphis. This was years and years ago. And everywhere I went, they said, you want something to eat? You want something to eat? You want something to eat? And this is before I had slimmed down. And I was like, yeah. I go somewhere else, man. You want something to eat? I'm like, I just ate. Come on in. Come on in and get something to eat. You know, come on. You know, I felt like I turned it. It was like, eat the cake. Eat the cake. I was like, I'm like, fine, I'll eat. And then you go to the next house. Did you eat? I did. That's all right. I got some cake in here. Come on, have some of this coffee cake. I don't want no coffee cake. I just ate. Look at me. Look at me. It's rude for God to prepare a table for you. And you not eat. Say, what am I supposed to eat, Bishop? We're out of here. Numbers 14, verse 9. The children of Israel, now at this stage of their journey, they've made it out of Egyptian slavery, and they are supposed to go take the promised land. You ready? And when they go look it out, 12 leaders go. 
10 of them come back with a negative report. Two of them, Joshua and Caleb. You missed it already. Two. Two of them come back with a good report. What is two? It's the biblical number of witness, which means you're about to see something. I think it's interesting because 10 had a negative report. Watch the correlation, 10 plagues. Two of them had a godly report saying we are well able to do it. So look what happens. Watch me. Say, what am I supposed to eat, Bishop? See, this is how you handle affliction. Look at me. Only do not rebel. In other words, when afflicted, disobedience to God's word seems convenient. When you're afflicted, you're like, I know I'm supposed to do this, but I ain't going to do it. And you feel justified because of your affliction. You think that the rules are supposed to change because you're afflicted. Almost somebody say the rules aren't changing for you. Father, we pray tonight that you would kill every ounce of disobedience that would be in us. Disobedience to your word, disobedience to your will, disobedience to your way. Father, we pray that tonight you would kill it in us. If that's your prayer, just let the Lord know. Say, Lord, kill disobedience in me. Take it from me tonight so that I would obey your word and your will. Even in affliction. In Jesus name. I'm about to tell you how to handle it. So, so He says do not rebel. Say do not rebel. Against the Lord. Here's the second thing. And do not fear the people. When afflicted fear gets loud. When you're in pain. When you've been harassed. When you've been knocked about. When you've taken some strikes. Fear starts howling at you. What does he tell him? He says, do not fear. Why does he say do not fear the people? He says, because there's going to be some situations you look at. You're not even going to want to look in their face. You're not even going to want to have to confront it. You're not even going to want to have to deal with it. You're not even going to want to have to be around it. You're not, you're not even going to want to have to deal with the situation. But, but watch me. You're going to have to be louder than your fear. Open, watch me. Why do I have you shout so much? Because it's a spiritual weapon. It's letting fear know. Watch me. My faith is going to be louder than you. It's letting fear know my trust in God is going to be louder than you. It's letting fear know it might not work, but my hope is in God. It might not happen the way I want it to happen, but my hope is in God. Can I get you to get louder than your fears for five seconds? Go. Five. Four. Three. Two, one, yeah! I'm louder than my fears. I'm louder than my fears. I'm louder than my fears. Come on, say it. I'm louder than my fears. Everybody say, I'm louder than my fears. Everybody say, I'm louder than my fears. Everybody say, everybody say. I'm louder than my fears. Hey, I'm louder than my fears. I'm louder than my fears. I'm louder than my fears. Look at the verse. We got to go. He says, nor fear the people. I got to just get louder. You know when you don't want to hear something, how you turn up your music in your car? This is what you got to do because fear is going to be loud. You just got to turn up the music. 
you got to turn up your worship. You got to turn up your praise. You got to turn up your prayer. Say, I'm louder than my fears. Now, now, now remember, he makes a table for you in the presence of your affliction. He says, do not rebel. Don't fear the people. For they are our bread. This whole side of the church didn't hear me. What am I eating at the table he's prepared? I am literally feasting on my affliction. So the more you hate on me, I'm going to use that as fuel and say, watch me win. Watch me make it happen. Watch me. I'm louder than my fears. 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 He says, sit down. Look at the verse. He says, sit at the table. Say, I'm at the table. So every time you deal with affliction, he says, eat that. What is, what is food? It's fuel. Every time somebody starts something with you, say, oh, yeah. I need you to stop punking out. And I need you to rise up. And I need you to say, I'm so glad you ran your mouth about me. I'm so glad you started something. You're about to make me fight harder. You're about to make me. Wait a minute. Let me open this computer back up. Wait a minute. Let me go apply for another one. Wait a minute. Let me go try another route. Somebody say, my enemies are my food. And my food is my fuel. Here's why. Their protection has departed from them. Say, shields are down. They mess with the wrong one. Who am I talking to? Depression came for the wrong one. Anxiety came for the wrong one. Family mess came for the wrong one. Drama came for the wrong one. Why? Because your shields just came down. And the Lord is with us. And the Lord is. And the Lord is with. Look at the verse. It says their protection has departed from them. In other words, God says, I'm not going to, look at me, for 10 plagues, I protected Pharaoh. Y'all ain't listening to me. For 10 no's, I let your enemies get away with stuff. For 10 no's, I let affliction look like it was winning. And then on that 10th one, I removed Pharaoh's protection. See, this is why you're about to do what you thought you never were going to be able to do. Why? Because God says, I'm about to shut them down. Their protection has departed from them. And look at the rest of the verse. And the Lord is with, say your name. Watch what he says a second time. Do not fear them. The them is an it. The it is affliction. Don't fear it. Because affliction doubles fear. What is that? It doubles overthinking. What is that? It makes you worry. Lift your hands. I rebuke worry tonight. 
And the only way through this is you're going to have to get louder than your fears. Louder than your fears. This is how you handle affliction. There's a table prepared for me. And I'm feasting on what was fighting me. I'm feasting on what was against me. And I will be louder. Call me loud if you want to. You don't know what I'm facing. Call me a screamer if you want to. You don't know what I'm up against. Call me somebody that's shouting too loud. You don't know what the hell I got to go through. You don't know what enemies I got to deal with. Watch me get louder than my fears, yeah. Just the voices. Everybody put a praise right there. Yeah. I'm louder than my fears. So if you see your neighbor just walking in their section, if you just see them clapping randomly, if you just see them praising randomly, I even heard the Lord say this, some of you, you got fear because you're on the other side of 50. And fear is trying to tell you you don't have enough time. I rebuke your age. You have more than enough time. You're going to do more in your 50s, 60s, 70s, and 80s than you did in the first five decades of your life. Can I get everybody to praise God for every person 50 and over? Go. go so if on Sunday during church somebody logs in online and somebody comes in this building and before they start singing they start shouting don't look at them crazy just say she getting louder than her fears he getting louder than his fears when you driving home tonight, let your sunroof back. You ain't got a sunroof, let your window down. You ain't got a working window, don't none of that matter. I just need you to turn that music all the way up. And I need you to praise God like you're driving into what you prayed for. Like you're driving in what you prayed for. Like you're about to go to what you asked for. 
like the next nine months are going to be better than the first three. Louder than my fears. Yeah. 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 gotta go if you're in here tonight on campus or online can you do this for me can you do this for me just do this one last thing for me just find somebody find somebody around you on campus just find somebody around you online find somebody around you just find somebody find somebody just look at them say uh I know tell them say I know what you're facing tries to make you fear tonight I'm your backup in the spirit my next praise it's not about me it's not about mine it's about you it's about yours one two three go We gotta go. We gotta go. We have to go. We gotta go. We gotta go. We gotta go. We gotta go. Yeah! We gotta go. Stop! Yeah! We have to stop. But your next 12. Look like they're about to be your my next twelve. About to be my best twelve. Stop! We have to go. If you're in this building or online, you need to become a Christian for the first time tonight. This your night. I feel like after church, church night. Secondly, if you're giving your life to the Lord, but you've not been faithful to Him. Tonight's your night to recommit yourself to the Lord on campus or online. If that's you, you need to become a Christian, recommit yourself to the Lord. Or you're like, Bishop, I don't know where things stand with God, but I want to be sure. Tonight, I need you to be sure on TikTok, on Facebook, on uh, YouTube, all of it, our website, all that. Tonight, I need you to be sure. On three, in this building, you're going to raise your hand. Online, you're going to do the hand emoji or say, it's me. I have digital ambassadors on every program, on every platform waiting on you. If you become a Christian, recommit yourself to the Lord, or be sure. On three, hands up in the building. Online, do the hand wave emoji or say, it's me. One, you ready? Two, say, do it, Lord. Three, if that's you, respond right where you're at, in this building or online. Come on, church, let's celebrate God for the hands we cannot see online. Have digital people, digital ambassadors is what we call them, standing with you. Everybody pray this prayer with me. I don't care if you and Jesus went to school together and y'all got a senior picture. Pray this prayer with me. Say, Father, thank you for dying in my place. Thank you 
for your love for me. I confess with my mouth, I believe in my heart that you are my Lord and my Savior. Give me the grace to run this race. I will be louder than my fears. In Jesus' name, amen. Just pray that prayer. Take out your phone. Text the word decision to 877-552-4746 or scan that QR code. Some of you Did you make a decision to become a Christian for the first time or recommit your life to Jesus? We want to help you make Christianity a lifestyle and not just a hobby. So just text the word decision to 877-552-4746 and we'll send simple next steps so you know what to do next. We're praying for you and congratulations. Remember, your faithful giving is how we continue to bring life-giving messages like these to you. So bless what blesses you in our app or online at www.harvestchurch.church forward slash give. Remember to love God, love people, and love life. Experiences are what people love the most about travel. Viator is a website and app where you can book travel experiences like hiking Mount Kilimanjaro in Tanzania or enjoying the views while cruising on a catamaran in the Caribbean. They offer everything from simple tours to extreme adventures. With over 300,000 bookable experiences in 190 countries, there's something for everyone. Plus, Viator's travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. When you book a travel experience with Viator, there's always flexibility and support with free cancellation, payment options, and 24-7 service. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10. That's V-I-A-T-O-R-10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator. Experiences are what people love the most about travel. That's why they love Viator. They have over 300,000 bookable experiences and something for everyone. Plus, their travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator.